This is Creepy and Geeky. Welcome. I'm your host, Robert, and today is a special Christmas Day episode. On this episode, I will be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, 3 through 5, and who better to be guests for this than my kids, Harrison and Katrina. Hello. Welcome back to the show, guys. Sorry, I interrupted you. You Hi. stepped on my intro, you ginormous <laughs> jacket. You paused True to form. you were done. Yeah. True to form. Uh, you guys always mess it up somehow. Not like me, the seasoned pro at this point. Hey, we were here in the beginning. <laughs> you were here in the beginning, and then you guys promptly left. So. Well. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> we stopped talking about Christmas movies, and I lost interest. <laughs> well, we are back. Back on the Christmas beat. Uh, we <laughs> Finally, yeah, it just took I, a year. Yeah. <laughs> I, um... I bought the Vestron Video Collector Series version of the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 through 5. And uh, I pestered my kids into uh, joining me again to talk about these movies because we had such a fun time talking about the first two movies. I figured we would possibly have a good time talking about these three. And none of us had watched these before. So this was an all new experience for us. No. And, uh, Oh boy. Oh, it was an experience. We, we, we had some we had some misses and we had some hits. <laughs> I, here's my thing. I don't think any of them hit. I think this whole series is a trash fire. Well, uh, from yeah. one so, through five. Everything a, everything is relative. I agree with that. Everything is relative. <laughs> so I mean, if it's no if it hits the high water mark of part two, then we can just go high from there. See, I still think number one's the best one. Number In a lot fantastic. of ways, number yes. one, number one's the best one. Number two has some charm to it. It's hampered by the fact that it's like half a movie because it, like yeah. half of the rest of the movie is just like literally lifted from the first one. Um, and so these 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 go in a different direction, sort of. Uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Number three, uh, which is called Better Watch Out. Uh, this one is the last one to be connected to the first two movies, the um, the Ricky and Billy saga. Uh, and we have Ricky Caldwell again, uh, this time played by Bill Mosley. And he's in a coma from the events of the last movie where he was shot. And uh, and we have this girl who is being uh, part of the study. Uh, she's blind, but she's psychic. And mm-hmm. so this doctor's using her to connect to Ricky uh, to, I guess, to probe his mind or something like that to see, I guess, to see what he's thinking while he's in this coma. Um, it's not super clear, but again, it's a doctor who is just doing some stupid shit, uh, just trying to do things his way and thinking that he could get into the mind of a psycho um, and, uh, you know, with predictably disastrous results. Um, this movie for me is the 
goddamn dullest movie. They took what could have been a fucking great premise of Ricky waking up. I mean, the sight of seeing Ricky woken up out of his coma with a fucking like his brain exposed in a jar. Like that's such a great campy like look that it should have gone nuts and it is just boring as shit. Yeah, I uh, I so I think that I agree. I think that this movie had a lot going for it and it was somewhat disappointing. Um, I think that the um, the psychic angle was dubious, but it's Mm -hmm. a horror. It's a horror movie trope. And so I'm I'm fine with it. Um, But the thing that I found most disappointing about it is, is that it it's a silent night movie and it's got Ricky in it, but it, he doesn't ever don the Santa suit. He no. never, he never puts on the hat at the very least. He, 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 I thought, so there's a point in the film where uh, Ricky's on his rampage and he assaults a, um, a mechanic who's wearing a Santa hat yeah. um, and, and has a Christmas sweater. And 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 he assaulted someone who had a Christmas sweater too, um. Yeah. But so before before the revelation later in the movie that Red reactivates his murderous tendencies, right? Um, I thought that he was collecting clothing, like I thought mm. that he was going yeah. to be in a red sweater, and then he was also going to be wearing the red Santa hat, and yeah. then he was, and then it was going to be like. Because they there's a they have a moment where he his hat is like barely covering <laughs> there's, a hat. there's like a like, beanie covering his yeah. bowl. And I'm like, why wasn't that the Santa hat? Yeah. Like, wh- like why where where in the decision process of the writing and costume direction of this movie did they not decide to have him get back inside the suit? Because yeah. that was the whole thing. That was the whole thing about the first movie was that he was the Santa killer. Yeah. And so and I get that like he was like messed up in the head and like he wasn't all quite there so of course like he might sure. not have his whole faculties but again like, he might remember the last thing he did which was kill yeah. a lot of people in a santa suit yeah um, um there's just so many uh, there were there were so the, many potential the action moments that just got let down the action was non-existent um i remember specifically a scene where i just was sitting dumbfounded with my mouth agape um, where Ricky was pressing the gun up against Laura's brother. And I could tell that neither of them were putting any effort into it. Um, Her brother wanted to die and Ricky didn't want to kill him. So how did he fall unconscious? The gun was just kind of in between them. And there was no effort being put in either way. And it was just there. There was no true effort in any regard of this movie. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was just extremely dull. There there was so many points where I was just sitting there looking at the screen because I had to. <laughs> What uh, okay, Katrina? Uh, what what, <laughs> what did you feel, or what did you think of the movie? 
Um, I'm going to be real. It was so boring that I had to read a Wikipedia entry, like the plot entry about it afterwards, because I it did not hold my attention. Like, I, I looked up when they said that she was blind. I looked up when other things happened. Sorry, I right. I literally forgot, like, half of the movie. Like, no, and again, this movie did a this movie did the same thing that the last one did. It put in scenes from this from the first movie to like, you know, kind of like him remembering stuff or when she was in his mind or whatever. And he kills a guy in a Santa suit. That's his first kill in this movie. The guy who's like in the Santa suit that's pestering him, like mm -hmm. and making fun of him and everything. And like and yet he still doesn't put on the Santa suit. No, he escapes the hospital in his hospital gown. And it's like there's so many moments of just like, you know, you are so right. I forgot that he literally had a yeah. Santa suit right from the very beginning and he didn't yeah. put it on. Yeah. So he had so many moments where there were times where he could have done things that would have made it at least oh moderately more interesting. To, Can we, and I mean, I'm I'm saying this movie would not have been that much more interesting, but the fact that they did things that that didn't help it like that were just just bleh, just so a, dumb. A a a connecting factor between this one and the next one that we're going to talk about um, is a genuine lack of like adherence to the tropes of the franchise um, yeah and up until this point yeah um yeah it's like they went can we they, also like, talk about how laura only had one scream <laughs> every time she screamed it was the same one i feel like it had to have been dubbed in because it was incredible at the accuracy that she could give each scream the same pitch and length yeah no, i wouldn't just... doubt that they did that oh oh my god there was something else about this movie sorry this was the first one i watched so i'm having to remember the details of what i wanted to talk about no um, go ahead this one uh there were so many points in this movie where the they had a music track they had a music track. They they would they yeah. would cut it in every now and again, but there were scenes that needed music, and there was none. Um, the yeah. point that I can think most clearly about is the moment when they're talking about what they're going to do, and Ricky's outside, and like Granny's not here. So what are the, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then like the girlfriend is up against the door, and she's like. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's still out there. Where's your car? And then, boom, his hands come through the wall. Right. And there's no music and there's no <laughs> tension. None of the actors move like they're actually scared. And yeah. it immediately takes me out of it because I'm like, well, if they're not scared, I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah, obviously that was one they of the scenes care. I looked up at because his arm comes through the door. She's being like nearly strangled, being held back. And then her boyfriend is just like, oh, no, I'm going to slowly walk and go help and yeah, not he's have just any emotion. Like, and he's she's just, gonna, just standing uh, against the door like, uh, uh. There, there, there's like, a lot there's of, no... 
I'm not trying to interrupt. It's okay. No, I, 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 it's fine. Yeah. It, it's, there's so many moments in this film with a misunderstanding of how to execute tension. Right. There, there's another moment where he's upstairs and like, it's been a while that he's been upstairs and it's like, Chris, are you okay upstairs? Chris, Chris. And then he just kind of walks around the corner with a gun. He's like, hey, I found this upstairs. And then they walk downstairs and then that's it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, like you, you, you could have built, you could have built to a scare. You could have built to like them climbing up the stairs, like trying to find Chris. And then Chris pops out of the, like out of a door suddenly with the gun. And he's like, hey guys, I found a gun. Let's get out of here. Like actually having energy yeah. in this film. Yeah, no, everybody's and, just walking through this film. Like everybody's like obviously like bored. Uh and it just translates right to the audience. Like I was just like this movie is just terrible. There were so many there's so much potential to this movie that they just left on the floor and it just like it's like why? Like why after the first two movies were what they were? This is the first direct-to-video sequel. The other two, I guess, went to movie. I, I may be wrong, but this one, this one was direct-to-video. These next three were all direct-to-video, and they, they, they just fumble what could have been just a fun thing. And maybe it was that they were trying to get away from the um, history of the first two because the first two um, had such a bad rep because of the santa claus killing and everything and so they were just like okay well let's just get away from that then and we'll we'll, we'll do this other story but it's just boring that's the that's the greatest sin this movie has is just that it's boring it's, it's yeah yeah just, if, if you're it's gonna not, make more you either go all in or you don't yeah and and the next and two it, movies as much as as much as i think they're not great either they actually went for it in both of them and they're both like you know, went in wild directions and well, especially the next one, the, the next one just went in a completely way wackadoodle direction. Um, and you know, we can get into that now because number three is not worth talking about anymore because it's just boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but number four, uh, the, the initiation, uh, brings in a whole new thing. It's, a, it's not, these next two movies are not connected to the first three at all. Uh, whole new people, whole new, uh, storyline uh and this one is a reporter who wants to uh do a st- uh, do a story on this woman who uh spontaneously combusted and uh so she wants to you know it's the it's 1990 and so you know women still aren't getting their due um you know because it's the you know the end of the 80s and stuff and still getting treated like crap and you know not like they're not today either but <laughs> um but it's it's they make a point of it in this one because she's trying to become a reporter and every all the guys are just like no 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 don't forget that you don't go make coffee um it's a film rooted in 90s feminist (laughs) or like pre-90s you know feminism yeah yeah yeah, pre-90s feminism like it's for what it's worth it's current for the time Yeah. yeah so it's it's so she gets she gets sucked into this cult, um, you know, not 
that she wants to be, but she gets sucked in this cult as she's trying to investigate this uh, woman who uh, spontaneously combusted and uh, half of her body burned. And so this one is by uh, this one was directed by Brian Usna, uh, who's best known as uh, the director of Bride of Reanimator, uh, Society, and uh, he's known for more body horror uh, style stuff. And uh, it's definitely some body horror in this one. This one was like, like body horror. I'm just gonna say that up front. I didn't like the second one because, or the fourth one because of the body horror aspects. I hate it. I didn't like the fourth one because I don't like bugs. And this one had a lot of bugs and it was gross. It had a lot and of bugs. me out. Uh, so it was just like, oh, no, like this one was a hard watch for me because it was weird. Um, the body horror stuff was, you know, funky and the bug stuff was just weird. Like, and it was, they were doing all this stuff that was supposed to be about Lilith and about feminism. It, they were like trying to, like this coven was trying to like bring her in to make her a stronger woman against and don't, and she, she doesn't need a man and all this stuff. And that's great and everything, but they were making her dependent on them and, you know, it was just, just all. It kind of had mixed messaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the men sucked and the woman sucked by the end yeah. of the movie. And it was just like, I don't know, but at least this one was more interesting. And I think that at least the lead, uh, uh, the uh, the Kim was her name, the reporter. Mm -hmm. uh, she was more interesting as a character and as yes. a, and as a person uh, than the last one. The last one's characters were all just, and that's what sucks too. Is like the last one, Bill Mosley played Ricky. At that point, Bill Mosley had been um, in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, where he'd been uh, he played this character named Chop Top, and it was a wild and crazy character. And I think you know he by making him pull all the way back, and you know he's probably most well-known these days for being in Rob Zombie's uh, uh, Firefly family trilogy of House of Thousand Corpses, um, Devil's Rejects, and uh, the third one that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so he plays one of the major characters in that. He's Otis. So he, uh, so to see him just like be like really like barely say anything at all and to be a, like Laura. a very... Yeah, Laura. It's just so dumb. And a happy and then, you know, new the, year. At least in this new one. Yeah. So in this one, we got the actress who plays Kim. We also have Clint Howard, who played the character named Ricky in this one, uh, which has no connection to the Ricky in the last one, in the last several. Um, they're just I reusing couldn't, I couldn't tell if that was them just phoning in a ricky for this movie or yeah. if that was part of the script originally yeah it was very and difficult to tell and this one's set at christmas and has a few christmas scenes but it's so very tenuous well uh, so this this movie introduces a little wrinkle into okay. the silent night deadly night canon in that okay. that this movie takes place in a sub canon of the deadly night, the silent night, deadly okay. night. Um, because during this film, Ricky comments on watching silent night, deadly night. Yeah. Three yeah. On the TV 
Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, it's actually playing yeah. on the TV. And says, "Haha, Santa Claus killer." Yeah. And yeah. so that implies then that in this universe, that yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night three, and presumably then one and two are films in this world, the same yeah. as ours. And so regarding that, that also has implications for the fourth movie. Or no, 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 sorry. The oh god, what is it? The sixth? No, fifth. No, fifth. Fifth. fifth okay, movie. yes, the fifth movie. Um, because things happen in that movie that also kind of throw a wrinkle into it as well. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on it the same way I did. Um, but so, there, there's something in the fifth movie that I like. It was very short, and and I found very interesting. Yeah, I probably didn't catch it. <laughs> um, so but anyway, what's interesting to, about four and five is four. And f- What's interesting about four and five is they are actually uh, basically a, a a duology of themselves. They are, yes. you know, because Kim um, survives number four and is in number five as the friend, I yep. think just the friend of uh, the mother of the character in in this in this next one and in number five. And so and then her. What's what's really weird? Okay, so <laughs> let's not even talk about that one yet. We got to we got to talk about initiation. There's so much to talk about about initiation before we move okay. on to the toy maker. All right, um, bring it. So number number one, um, I if people who have been listening for a while remember, I'm the buddy horror fan of this group, um, yes. and I thoroughly enjoyed Initiation. It was a very good film. <laughs> um. And I very good uh, (laughs) for for body horror. It was all right. Um, The the special effects, um, I think it was done by a man called Screaming Mad George, if I remember credits correctly. Screaming Mad George. Yep. Um, uh, His effects were fantastic. Um, There was a lot of creature effects as well as um, stop motion and uh, a lot of kind of. really good use of in-camera techniques um, that were really fascinating to watch. Um, there is a point where her fingers kind of get all like twisted around each yeah. other. And then there's another point where like her body starts to cocoon um, yeah. and gets like very slimy. Um, and then of course there's tons of creature effects regarding the bugs. Cause you get like, you get actual insects, but then you also get these like giant cockroaches that are on the wall as well as this like, yeah, weird slithery maggot there thing was some that Ricky, imagery going like, on ricky pulls out of uh like a vent on the yeah. roof of one building um and then that eventually goes inside somebody uh right it's it's a very strange very weird film um that has a very tenuous connection to christmas honestly yeah. it was probably not a silent night deadly night film when it was originally conceived but they added so- scenes afterwards so the, the director I in. I read that the director had I guess decided to pull back on the Christmas stuff because he didn't want it to be as uh tied to it but later on said that he shouldn't have done that that he should have made it more Christmas specific and kept it I would have loved to have tone. seen what extra Christmas would have been injected into this movie cuz yep. who I, knows where I cannot imagine yeah cuz yeah. there's a Christmas dinner and then there's a later scene where they then attack the same house. And yeah. then there's the one point where he comments on the TV about a Santa Claus killer. 
Um, that's yeah. the only times that I can think of. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird in that in this movie. There's there's a penis mask. There's a um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Uh, there's a witch coven that is really into like flaming genitals. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, but I highly recommend it. It's this uh, one, yeah. this one, this one honestly is worth more of a watch than silent night, deadly night part two. Cause if you've seen oh. the clips of part two, you've already kind of seen the good parts of that movie. Whereas if oh, you watch see, initiation, like you're actually watching a good, like kind of very body horror centric, like witchy if you like body horror sure yeah but for those of us like myself and katrina there's a lot of bugs if you're about, body about bugs do not watch there's bugs crawling yeah. out of mouths there's bugs crawling also out of if you don't multiple like multiple orifices things, i was gonna say multiple orifices if you don't like that shit don't watch it because that was yeah. my main thing yeah it's 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 gross so i um, i like these movies because they gross me out it's kind of the one of the only horrors that actually like gets me to kind of like cringe and like kind of want to look away from the screen no, and so yeah, for no. me that's that's the enjoyable part is like seeing something horrid on screen and going like oh my god and just because that it puts me into the world because i feel like a lot of horror sometimes takes me out and it's a little unbelievable um and so when it comes to body horror though i can just kind of how do legs turning into a cocoon put you into the fucking realistic because, world? That because doesn't happen. the special effects and the practical effects. And that's another thing to commend about this movie is I don't think that there was much like CGI inside of this. Oh, film. I don't think like, there was, was any very, CGI. Like there was a yeah. very incredible practical effects that were being featured in this film. And so for me, the thing that puts me into the universe of these films is how realistic they can get these effects. The cockroach on the wall looked fantastic. It looked like a cockroach. Like it looked like a massive cockroach. It could have been um, a cockroach. Like it, it could have been a cockroach <laughs> yeah. and they could have been doing some like miniature trickery. And right. like and that's that's the stuff that's fascinating whenever I watch these kind of films is that the, it's it's art watching a body horror film. Like you're you're watching people have to create these things and create these like like mechanisms to make this movie get pulled off and so i have to commend it and have to enjoy it it's it's very fantastic no I, and i'm not saying that the the work that they did on the practical effects aren't are, are bad or like you know are, are bad or anything like that mm-hmm. i think they're very good um i just you know it's body horror just isn't my thing like i can i can deal with it once in a while like with the thing or you know uh, other stuff like that but i just i've never just been like to me it doesn't even gross me out or anything it just isn't my thing you know it's just not something that i care to watch mostly and what, and what i will say is is that this movie dials in pretty hard on it like it it was very uncomfortable watching parts yeah. of this film um, yeah and so it's it's definitely something that you have to kind of know and expect. I highly recommend watching the trailer. If you watch the trailer, the trailer gives you a lot of information about what to expect um, while also not revealing too much about the plot. Honestly, in the retrospect of like watching the trailer and watching the film, which is something that cannot be said about the next film, do not watch the trailer (laughs) for the next film. It will tell you the whole plot. Um, (laughs) And so, um, 
But yeah, I highly recommend Initiation for people who are looking for their next body horror kick. Um, it is definitely weird. Um, like you <laughs> said, it's made by the same guy who made Society, which is also a very strange film. Um, and yeah. so just kind of know what you're going into. But yeah. uh, definitely not a Christmas movie. But no, uh, I mean, but there's some good there's there's at least one good Christmas scene and it's towards the end. Yeah. Um, The Kim is going to on the orders of the coven. She's going to go kidnap. Whoa, her hey, 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 what? That's like late spoilers. Let's not ruin it for it's everybody. No, 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 no. Two years. I'm okay. sorry. The, 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 the. This is a, you know, right, our fine. show spoilers are spoilers are a go here. All right. Um, all right. So <laughs> it's been 32 years. Anyway. I think people have had enough time. Regardless. Uh, so anyway, so at the end, Kim on orders of the coven has to go and get uh, her boyfriend's uh, brother and they need to sacrifice the brother or she will spontaneously combust. They are like forcing her to do this. And so she goes and with uh, Clint Howard's Ricky and goes to the house and coaxes him, uh, coaxes the brother Lonnie out into the van and takes him away. Well, meanwhile, uh, Ricky goes in and kills the mother and strangles the father with a uh, like with a string of Christmas lights from the tree. Uh, so, I mean, in that instance, is at least it's a fun Christmas kill there. It's one of sure. like the only. I will like, say Christmas that there's actually a really great point. shot following that scene where there's the shot of um his uh the brother trying to get out of the van um yeah. and him getting like him getting the door open and having Ricky and then jump into Clint, the van yeah. but you can actually still see the flaming house in the background yeah like that's a fantastic shot no it was, like, a, it actually, it was a really like, good shot it was yeah. really good shot composition and you could tell that the car was moving too and yeah. so like it was somewhat of a stunt and so yeah. it was I mean, yeah, it, was together, it was a fantastic. St- yeah, it was a good moment. Um, I like this movie's good. Like, I I <laughs> cannot overstate how much I actually enjoyed this film. Um, well, so okay, so this leads this leads to something that is 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 very weird to me. Okay, so she takes Lonnie to the coven. The coven ties him up. They're about to sacrifice him. She's about to kill him. Um, you know, you know, not wanting to do it, and then she, you know, you know, manages to get away and get Lonnie away and everything like that. And at the end, after this woman has stolen you from your family and had, and and your parents are now dead and his parents are now dead. And he's like, she's like, Oh yeah, come to me, come to me. I got you. Everything's going to be all right now. It's like, you just stole me, tried to kill me. And I'm just like, I'm surprised that this kid, like I, you must be in shock. That's all I can you know yeah. say for this. It's just it's just wild to me that like somebody would just be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, the person who stole me away and tried to kill me just now is comforting me. We learned that it all has a happy ending in Silent Night, Deadly Night (laughs) Five. So, so, and that's what the funny thing is too is now in Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, she is his caretaker, um, Mm -hmm. his guardian or whatever. Yeah. So her and Lonnie are friends of this new uh, mom and son in this movie. 
And not only that, not only that, but I'm not sure if you're aware, but Ricky also makes yes, an appearance. Yes, I film saw that too. Yes, as Plant a Howard Santa. is back as a character named Ricky, but the Ricky in number four died. Uh, he was eaten yes. by yes, a bunch did. of the larvae. And which, so, which means that we've introduced a new wrinkle into the Silent Night, Deadly uh, Night canon. Now we've got two sub canons where we've got. One where the events of that movie went very differently, where Ricky was able to get out alive, and then another one where Ricky dies. And so well, it's, I, it's this kind again, of this weird, could be a different moment. Ricky just played by Clint Howard again. It's Ricky. It's just a it's gotta it's be just Ricky. a quick nod. <laughs> if it's Kim, it's gotta be Ricky. I mean, there's no reference to anything that happened in the last movie. In the in this, she makes a small reference to it, and she's like. Uh, she says something to the effect of like, oh, you know, things have been strange lately or whatever, you know, or things are stranger yeah. than you think or whatever. And so. So that brings us to number five, Katrina, uh, since you obviously didn't like three or four, what did you think about number five? Um, I thought it was better, but I thought I was really stupid. Like <laughs> the fucking I'm sorry, but like. I I think that only the first one is good <laughs> and that everything else was its own movie just playing off of the name Silent Night Deadly Night because it was like trying to be a series but well, tried the, too I, hard. I would at least say the first three were trying to be you know a series in a way but yeah. I definitely think that the fifth one had more into it. It had more content, more story than the 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 third and fourth one. But right. I still didn't like like I'm gonna be real. Of of the three, like four the three, four, and five, mm-hmm. I liked the third one the most because it was the least stupid. <laughs> It was boring, but it was at least stupid. <laughs> I just. <sighs> I, that's all I got. That's Katrina. She's always bringing the hot takes. <laughs> oh, man. No, number five, I thought was interesting because it's got, you know, it's more Christmas oriented. It's back, We're back on actual Christmas. We're back yes. on actual like I was happy to Christmas see the return killings. of Christmas in these Christmas movies. <laughs> right? The actual amount of Christmas. Yeah. Um, we have a we have a Santa Claus who's killing people. We have, we do have deadly a Santa toys. Claus killing people. We have a we have deadly toys, like super fucking deadly toys. Um I thought it was awesome. I like I thought like that okay. So the sequence with the babysitter and her boyfriend, that whole sequence was just like crazy that was some great effects work great like great effects toys. great horror acting great yeah. like it was it was fantastic yeah good I just to say it was a lot i don't of good know camp how, in that scene. yeah i don't know how the babysitter survived as long as she did though like <laughs> well the like, army man literally ran out of ammo. gets <laughs> shot ran out of ammo. in the chest and like keeps fighting and like and even after you think she's dead, she keeps showing up. Uh, I, I just... anticipated that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, OK, 
to to preface to preface the the core concept of this film because you you didn't do this um for this one yet um the core concept of this film was that there is a little boy named Derek who watched his father get attacked by a killer toy or not father like a his like father like, or stepfather or like mom's like boyfriend gets yeah. attacked by a like a killer ornament and which was addressed to the kid though correct that's yes, what's even it was, more it was addressed up. to the kid um and and so the father opens up his kids present or not the father sorry the boyfriend opens up Derek's present and the present kills him and right. Derek witnesses this whole thing and it stuns him into silence. Um, yes. And uh, I believe that it is it a year later or is it still that same Christmas? I think it's still that same Christmas. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. still that same. Christmas. No, because it's like just slightly later because she's got cards on her bedside table that right. say like, you know, condolences and stuff. Right. Yes. Yes. So. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, so yes, it's still that same Christmas. And, yeah. uh, and so he's done the silence, obviously. And we're following Derek through his little misadventures of having to get through the Christmas season while also having this trauma. Um, while at the same time that there is this mysterious, uh, other male figure who is paying attention to Derek, um, who seems to have had a past with his mother. And then there is another character that is introduced a toy maker by the name of Joe Petto and his son Pino. Uh, and uh, if you, if you're missing the illusions, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And basically the core concept is, is that Pino is a little weird in the head he creates mass um it's a in the beginning we are introduced to the idea that he creates mass which is foreshadowing for later um and uh and that joe petto has a very abusive relationship with his son um Mm -hmm. for whatever reason um but i I open up conversation about this film at this point because i feel like that's enough preface (laughs) yeah no the joe petto and uh pino stuff is very like heavy handed heavy handed and when you get the twist at the end it's not a very shocking twist it's yeah it's a <laughs> spoiler alert pinocchio's a doll <laughs> yeah pino his teenage supposedly teenage son yeah um is is actually a robot he himself uh, is a toy in yes. the toy makers uh film of killer toys and presumably um, he's the one who's been uh leaving the toys the deadly toys on Derek's uh porch stop because they Joe Petto and his son you know used to live in that house uh beforehand and the the, the son Pino wants to go back to that house and which can we talk there. about how ridiculous that is as a plot point because <laughs> when that was introduced i told I was you like, this film was stupid i was just like <laughs> is that really is that really the whole reason why he's been sending these killer toys to this kid is there's no other motivation other than this used to be their house well no it's not the only motivation because you find out by the end he's killing he's wanting to kill this kid because he wants Derek's mother as his mom to replace the mom that was lost before 
you know, well, because he, he's never so had a mom. He, he, so. he was, so Pino was built because Joe Petto lost his wife in a car crash and his wife was pregnant. And so right. Joe Petto wanted a son. So he made a son. Yes. But the son he made was never quite the son he wanted. And so he abused him regularly. And that upset yeah. Pino so greatly that he sought a mom to create a new son for Joe Petto, but eventually changed his motivations to just wanting to be the mom's son because right. he didn't want Joe Petto to be his father anymore. Um uh, but uh, at some point during the process of the movie, he kills Joe Petto and has created a Joe Petto face that he uses to go and like pretend around to be him and, in a Santa suit. And yeah, and, and real, realistically doesn't go on that much of a murder spree. He just no. kind of he just walks into the house, kills the baby again is just going Derek. back to that house. He's very specifically yeah. because yeah. it's the robot. He's very specifically trying to go after that damn kid. So, yeah, it's a very strange situation because he has so many mixed motivations in this film because he he wants to get a son for Joe Petto, who he has already killed at this point. Um, He wants to be the son for someone uh, and he wants to kill that person's current son, which is Derek, because he wants to be that person's son. And so it's such a weird set of mixed motivations that is so convoluted by the time that you reach the climax of the film that you're kind of unsure of what even is happening because there's also well, an even weirder point where he's trying to create a son with well, the I mom mean, that he wanted not, I, to. There's a like, it gets weirdly sexual there. It gets like, very weirdly sexual in the and climax it's not, of like, the film. He's not really trying to create, but he's like, Pumping her, yeah. And, also, and it's like just, it's very weird, and, it's and, just, and then, there's just also a weird allusion to the fact that he doesn't have a dick and that he's a Ken doll, yeah. and and it's just like it's just so strange. It's such a strange film. Katrina's over there going stupid. This movie's stupid, stupid as fucking hell. <laughs> so, but the interesting thing about this movie too is it's saying some stuff about fathers and sons as well. Like not only just between Geppetto and Pino, but also between Derek and this guy who shows up out of nowhere and is weirdly stalking this family at the beginning. And you're just like, the fuck is this guy's problem? Like he pretend, like he's he's a he's a he's a store uh, like a mall Santa or something like that, and he sees um the mom and Derek. Uh, come to the mall and he's supposed to be on break and it's supposed to be this is where we meet Ricky as Santa is it's supposed to be Ricky's turn as Santa but he's like no let me take your shift I gotta I gotta I gotta do this and so Ricky's like yeah whatever dude and so he goes out there and Derek sits on his lap and is all quiet and everything and when the mom's like okay well let's just go he holds on to Derek and is just like no no like trying to force him to stay with him and it's like weird and creepy and it's not till much later in the movie that you find out that it's actually Derek's dad who's been gone in the military for, for a number years. of like six years six years and and you know he wasn't sure that it was his kid he thinks it's his kid because you know the time matches up from the last time he saw this woman and 
you know, it's so it's just so bizarre. It there's so many weird father son weird things in here. Like it's like I'm not sure what the full subtext of this movie I is think trying to go for. Whoever wrote this movie had trauma <laughs> and okay. portrayed it poorly. Well, well, I'm I'm you know I'm we just are kidding. not. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. You know, let's preface this with we are not professionals. We it, don't. It felt like you know there was meant to be a message in this film that yeah gets so crisscrossed and like christmas crossed con- convoluted <laughs> that's dumb um, <laughs> well, dad laughed no one so. asked for that <laughs> um uh, it got so it got so christmas crossed that it just didn't amount to really anything by the end um and then also just weirdly left itself open for a sequel um, as if they yeah. had earned it <laughs> like, as <laughs> if by the end that they had earned it. And I, I was just left flabbergasted after watching it because I was just like as much as the core concept of the film, a, a killer who uses toys to kill. Like that is a good core Christmas movie concept, like Christmas horror movie concept that really never saw its full potential. And and it and it just kind of left me wanting because, again, like when we talk about like these toys killing people, there's there's one kill towards the beginning. And then there's the, the kill of Derek, Derek's mom's boyfriend. And then we get just a rando who gets killed by one. And then we get some babysitters a little bit later. And then that's pretty much it. And then Joe Petto. Um, yeah. But we don't even see Joe Petto's death. Um, yeah. And so it, in terms of a horror movie, it's a very low kill count. And it doesn't use its concept very, very well by any means. Also, just to be just to be completely clear, Joe Petto is not an innocent soul because apparently he was using killer toys um, several years ago to maim yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. True. Like, true. When his wife or probably not when his wife was around. Oh, actually right after his wife died. That's the plot point. Yeah. Um, is that a, a revenge against anybody who has children because he never yeah. had to have a child. And so he just was going to kill every child in town. Yeah. And somehow he managed to keep a store open that people would go to and nobody ever heard about these crimes yeah, that he did. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he was not he was allowed to reopen a toy store. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um yeah, it's, it's the nineties. It's some bizarre stuff. These movies came out back to back, uh 89, 90, 91. They were like one right after the other. Now, like I said, Brian Usna directed uh that uh number four. Uh, And then he was a producer on number five. And so there's, um, you know, because number four wasn't as Christmassy and everything like that, I think that, you know, there's supposition that, you know, he probably came back and was like, okay, let's make this really Christmassy. And so, you know, that's why it's got a a lot more Christmas uh, in it than, you know, the last two. Uh, I just, yeah, it's, it's just the other thing that I thought was interesting going back to the whole Lonnie and, and and Kim stuff is that Lonnie ends up getting hurt uh, by one of these toys because he takes these uh, roller skates that were, again, meant for Derek. And he takes them, you know, because Derek threw them out because he's like, no, I don't want this crazy toy. And so Lonnie puts them on and ends up getting hit by a car 
uh, when these uh, roller skates, which are obviously you know, being controlled, uh, and they just go haywire. And so it's just, and then we get Kim back. You know, it's it's just it's this weird like it's like they were trying to make this weird connection between the two movies and continue this storyline. Like you said, it's left in a weird way that it could possibly go into a sequel um into a, like you know a third part of this weird new trilogy that they were making i don't know i, I I'm, I'm glad it stopped with this one because <laughs> as much as this one was interesting like i saw somebody on twitter the other day talk about how this one was the halloween three of this series and i'm just like I can't fully agree. Now that I've watched this, I can't agree with that. Halloween three is a fucking awesome movie. That is a fun movie. It's bonkers. It doesn't have anything to do with the series, uh, but at least it's a fun movie. This was dumb. This yeah. was so like just weird. And as much as I appreciated the killer toys and everything, and don't get me wrong, that one sequence, the one with the babysitter and her boyfriend, I love that sequence. That sequence is awesome. The toys are killing and attacking and just the, you know, the, the practical effects are really great and everything. But, um, Oh, Oh, that reminds me in the beginning of the movie, the, uh, guy who we find out later is, uh, his dad, he's been buying toys from Joe Petto's store mm -hmm. and has been like looking into it because he knew that they were like, you know, being controlled and had circuitry yeah. and all this other stuff and everything. So he gave this toy away to the, uh, the motel manager or whatever. And he's like, Hey, you know, please let me stay one more night here. Here's a cool toy. Um, and this cool toy is a larva, which is a callback. So to the I would, last movie. Yeah, exactly. The, the, well, also the effect that it comes out of his eye is also yeah. a callback to initiation. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that whole sequence almost was just to serve as a yeah. like homage like, to like the this shit film. really happened. Don't forget it. Yeah. You know? And it was just another connection to like make these movies as part of this secondary like series of these like to to keep it going so if there had been a third movie i'm sure it would have been connected in some way to, to all of that as well so yeah i will say as i was wikipedia browsing the plot summaries for these movies i found out that there's a sixth film in this series and it's a remake of the first mm. one and yes. it's made in 2012 and it's called silent night and it looks just as stupid well, I guess what we're covering next year. <laughs> Great. Yeah, because I'm not coming back until then. Yeah, oh, I, my I, gosh. I, shut like, up. You're going to come back before then. Well, no, like it, I said, I only talk about Christmas. So <laughs> I only talk about holidays. You you only get me on the Halloweens and the Christmas. So, I mean. Oh, right. whatever. All right. Maybe I'm. Shut up. Killer. Before you even say anything else, shut up. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, uh, do, do you guys have anything else that, that you guys want to mention about these movies? I just want to say that this is a fantastic series. I highly recommend everybody watch a few of these. Uh, and uh, those few being number one and number four. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you if you want to watch that one scene in number five, watch that scene on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. 
Um, and if you want to watch the good parts of part two, all those clips are on YouTube. So just like, like watch, watch the good parts, watch the good parts. Cause there are some good parts inside of these movies. There's some good camp, but definitely not I think... worth the full watch. It, it's <laughs> these, like these movies just save yourself the effort of watching I, three at the very I, least. Cause three, like three is incredibly dull and oh, boring no, no, and no, not no. a whole lot happens. Katrina's coming back with that. I quarter watched all three of those movies and I still hated them. So don't waste your time. Don't listen to what my brother says. If you're if you're a horror movie watcher like me, do not waste your time. Uh, to be fair, there are people who and love And if you're a horror movie watcher like me, absolutely watch the first one and the fourth one cuz they're they're worth a watch. The first so hey, the, like to go back to our earlier opinions on the first two. So the first one is not the best horror film, but it does have a message and it does at least stick true to its themes and deliver on a Santa Claus killer. And I for that I like I got what was advertised about that film part two you can skip part two you already seen part one that's part two I mean uh, it's like it's like my dad said part earlier two, is that part, part two, two is mostly part two is a film. higher camp version of part one like it's it just goes it, it just amps everything up and it's just silly on its own like like here's my thing like I I can't honestly recommend to anybody any of these movies i think they are all just barely okay uh they are all movies that uh i own but will probably never watch again uh just because i will have no desire to ever you know subject myself to them i don't think they're necessarily bad i just don't think they're very good either um so you know I know there's a lot of people that love the first two and like you know, some of these later three. Uh, some people are really excited about having these on Blu-ray now that they're on Blu-ray, uh, which is great. You know, I, I I think they were worth watching at least once so I can experience yeah. it and go, hey, you know, sure. there were some interesting thoughts and ideas in some of these. I think that if they had done different things, they would have been better. But you know we've, we've got our merit badge we we've seen all we've seen all five and and i think that that was worth it and yes. i can i can put that on my sash now um but it's for for me if you're if you're in the christmas spirit and you've already watched krampus and you're just looking for something else to fill that kick i'm sure there's better options but watch silent night but deadly night just, just do I, it. You know, it's, I can. Worth, I, it's I can, worth. The I can good recommend time. Silent Night, Deadly Night one at least. You know, I will Here's recommend. Here's what I suggest. Here's what one. I suggest. Watch it with friends. We didn't. Yeah, do that. yeah. I we watched I think, it alone, which yeah. was not the way to watch these movies. No, when you watch it alone. You pay too much attention, or you don't pay any attention, yeah. and it just you're you're left with a very subpar experience because you're we, either left with poor plot or you're left with a glaze after so we end up watching to... when we when i whenever i propose these to all of us i we usually end up watching them all separately sometimes katrina and i will watch them together um and you know it it just 
it's kind of hard just because of timing, because of work schedules and everything. We just got to fit up, fit them in when we can. And so, although it seems like most of us could have probably watched most of them today uh, together. Um, and, you know, but part of me would think that would be great. Cause then, yeah, sure. We'd have the communal aspect of making fun of them or, you know, having a good time with it and everything. But like, this is why I always like try to do it separately is because if we do that, then I always feel like we're going to lose content for the show because we're all going to be like busting on it and laughing at it. So what I propose is, you know, potentially in the future is that maybe we watch them together, but we record while we're watching them. And That'd so then lovely. that way love to do we'll party. do basically commentary, like a fun yeah. commentary with all of us. I'd love to do that. About, you know, watching something and, you know, having a good time with that. So live opinion. <laughs> so uh, that could be something fun we can do in the future. So uh, stay tuned. I'd be for that. For I've been, that. That would be yes. I've been kicking that around for an, I've been kicking that idea around in, in, in my head for a while, just trying to figure out when we what what we could do that for. So we will uh, potentially do that. Sounds like you guys are on board. So all right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh do you guys wanna tell people where they can find you online, Katrina? You can find me on Twitter at rockmonkey, R-C-K-M-N-K-Y. Um, and I have a pinned tweet there that has all of my other socials. All right. And Harrison, uh, I know you're you're a uh, social media uh, hermit and don't have any social media. So <laughs> nobody Correct. can find you anywhere. <laughs> Correct. So. No, I, I, I get put into a uh, Christmas tree shaped uh, freeze chamber and then they just take me out whenever <laughs> they want to do a holiday podcast. And and I just watch the movies and then I go back in. So it was great talking to you guys, but I think it's time for me to refreeze. It's getting a little warm in here. <laughs> Katrina, any last thing? You look like you wanted to say something. Oh, you stream sometimes. Occasionally, but I wouldn't say enough to uh, make it worthwhile. I mean, some people can turn on their your notifications. <laughs> Might as well. If you want to watch a very intermittent intermittent streaming schedule of about maybe once every three months, uh, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash undenorseman. I believe that's where you can find me. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming back on again. It's always fun to have you. I know the listeners actually enjoy hearing us all together. Uh, so uh, I will hopefully get you guys on a little bit sure. more here. And here if and we there. do the watch parties, I think that that will be a lot more approachable when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because, okay. man, when well, you can... when you take me out of the chamber and you say, here's three movies, man, that's <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, it's just, you know, it was worth it, though. My... Hey, I watched a body horror movie I wouldn't have watched otherwise. So this there this you was go. Good. See? All right. Well, thank you guys again. Bob. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm Geek Thulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. 
You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy. <laughs>